Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Morrissey and I am the and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, March 30th, and we are reading from the big book. We're in the paragraph We Agnostics on page 45, and we'll be reading the first two paragraphs, starting with lack of power and ending with neatly evaded or entirely ignored. And reference numbers, share IDs for yesterday. Yesterday's 7 a.m. share ID, 11,224-11224. And yesterday's 10 a.m. share ID, 11,225-11225. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And Susan R., would you please read OA's 12 steps? Yes, good morning. This is Susan R., compulsive overeater. The 12 steps, one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Step seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Step eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Step nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Step 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Step 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And thank you for allowing me to do service this month. Thank you, Susan. I'm sorry. Thank you, Susan. Nancy H., would you please read OA's 12 Traditions? 
Sure. This is Nancy H. from Massachusetts. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overreader. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overreader who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overreaders Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overreaders Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me serve. Thank you, Nancy H. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. I will be timing everyone and will let you know when your time is up. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the person speaking, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book. We are in the chapter, We Agnostics, and we are on page 45. We will be reading the first two paragraphs, starting with lack of power and ending with neatly evaded or entirely ignored. And Rita Kay, would you get us started, please? Yes, good morning, Maura. Good morning. Thank you for your service. This is Rita Kay in Kansas, and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Lack of power, that was our dilemma. We had to find a power by which we could live, and it had to be a power greater than ourselves. Obviously, but where and how were we to find this power? Well, that's exactly what this book is about. Its main object is to enable you to find a power greater than yourself, which will solve your problems. That means we have written a book which we believe to be spiritual as well as moral, 
And it means, of course, that we are going to talk about God. Here, difficulty arises with agnostics. Many times we talk to a new man and watch his hope rise as we discuss his alcoholic problems and explain our fellowship. But his faith falls when we speak of spiritual matters, especially when we mention God, for we have reopened a subject which our man thought he had neatly evaded or entirely ignored. Wow, you know, this <laughs> this part, you know, they just kind of open up the can of worms and Bill just goes, okay, let's just deal with it because that's, that's what's going to happen is that this this program talks about God or a higher power. A lot of people call their higher power God. A lot of people choose to call their higher power something else. And that's something that I've learned to honor. You know, uh, the very f- the, the first three words are real significant in that first paragraph that I read, lack of power. And, and it goes on to say that was our dilemma or that the problem is lack of power. And, you know, and uh, this, this chapter is talking about step two, but like I said before, is that we can't get to step two without, without dealing with step one, is admitting that we're powerless. And the thing about it is that, you know, if we get stuck there, if we get stuck with the whole God thing or the whole higher power or even the issue, the overall issue of spirituality, we still have to look at the fact that we don't have power over this stuff that this disease has kicked our butts, you know, and so because we don't have power over it. And we keep we keep relapsing, we keep going back to the same thing because we keep trying to convince ourselves that I I got power over this. I can do this this time. This particular diet is going to do it. This particular plan is going to do it. This book is going to solve the problem. That's where I can find the power. And what what we keep coming back to is that we're going to have to look at the spirituality issue in order to deal with the lack of power that we have. And for me, I came into the rooms with the God thinking, oh, I got this stuff, you know, I got the God thing, but yet only to realize that, you know, I may have been raised in the church, I may have been raised with the list of rules and regulations, you know, but I don't have this because I still lack power, and that was my problem. And for me, it was a whole trust issue, and that's a whole nother story. But, you know, just looking at the beginning, just opening up and dealing with the fact that I need to look at, at this as a spiritual issue and that I don't have power because I have spiritual issues. That's what they're trying to get us to at least open our ears, open our eyes, hear and see and listen. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Rita Kay. All right. A couple of juicy paragraphs here this morning. So if you would please give me your first name and last initial one time, I, and I'll repeat it back, and we can see who'd like to share. I'm Nancy, Nancy from Massachusetts. Star one to you. Nancy Eileen Key. Harlan. Nancy Key. Nancy Key, I think I heard. Larry Key. Melissa C. Melissa C. C. There was somebody before Melissa C. Tina S. Am I hearing Tina S.? And Tenzin P. I got you. Let's stop there. Tenzin P. Sure, I missed some folks. Tenzin, I got you. Okay. Harlan G. 
Mm-hmm. Harlan G, mm-hmm. Nancy P, yeah. Larry K. Hello. I'm here. Yeah, Am I if you would please hang on a second, please. I'm trying to get through the list. This is who I've got. Harlan G, Nancy P, Larry K, Melissa C, <clears throat> Tina S, and Tenzin P. Harlan, you're up. Thank you, Maura, and thank you to Team Friday for this great meeting, and thanks for making it possible. Lack of power, that was our dilemma. And as I look back through my life, that certainly describes me. We had to find a power by which we could live, and it had to be a power greater than ourselves. That's in italics. Well, here's the thesis line of the big book in the second sentence here. Well, that's exactly what this book is about. Is about. Its main object is to enable you to find a power, capitalized, greater than yourself, which will solve your problem. I take notice of the fact that power is capitalized, and it doesn't say problems like it says on page 42. It says problem, and the problem that that's going to solve is it's going to solve the problem of the emotional buildup which has been driving me through the pain that it produces into the food for as far back as I can possibly remember. When I go back to page XIII, 13 in Roman numerals, in the forward to the first edition, it says, and I quote, to show other alcoholics precisely how we have recovered is the main purpose of this book. Is that consistent with page 45? Yes, it is. Then I go to page 20, and I go to page 20, and I read this sentence in the previous paragraph to what I'm going to refer to, and it says on page 20, if you are an alcoholic who wants to get over it, you may already be asking, what do I have to do? This is the key sentence here. It is the purpose of this book to answer such questions specifically. We shall tell you what we have done. Notice it doesn't tell me what I need to do. It'll tell me what they have done. That's the influence of Dr. Howard, who said, write it in the declarative, not the imperative. Don't tell people what to do. Tell them what you have done. Now, here's what I'm going to close with, because I only have three minutes here. If the main object of this book is to help me find a power greater than myself, which will solve my problem, then that better be the main object of my life. Because if it's the main object of the book, then that's good enough for me. And that means that I'm going to have to constantly be working steps. And I'm going to have to perfect and enlarge my spiritual life. And that no matter how much work I did yesterday, I have to do more today. And I don't want to hear that. I'm lazy by my nature. I want to cruise, and it doesn't allow me to do that. This is the first and only time in my life I have had to work this hard. I've never worked this hard at anything, but it's not just a reminder. I'm going to close with this. This is the greatest way of life. This is the easier, softer way, and in the end, I have 19 years and have done so happily. With that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Harlan G. Nancy P., it is your turn, followed by Larry K. Hi, this is Nancy P. from Boston. Can I be heard? Yes, thank you. Okay, so um, lack of power, and that's exactly what this book is about. 
for me, um, his face falls when we speak of spiritual matters, especially when we mention God, for we have reopened a subject which our man thought he had neatly avoided or entirely ignored. That would be me. Um, I thought I had neatly evaded it or entirely ignored due to the statement of take what you want and leave the rest, which I personally think is the most dangerous thing, the most dangerous sort of piece of rhetoric that OA has come up with. You, I had to learn to, I didn't learn that I had to embrace the entire thing, everything, no matter what it said, <clears throat> until I came into vision for all those decades, 47 years, I um, blew off the God thing. I don't really like that word. I don't mind, you know, power with a capital P, and that's sort of what I call, you know, the spirit that drives me. But I just thought, I'll do this, everything else. I'll, you know, I guess it really comes down to what others have said, a diet club with group support. And since I didn't like anybody in the program, was resentful of anybody, I had no friends. So therefore, I mean, I had like five friends. And so since I didn't want to hang out with anybody or or learn from them or talk to them or listen to them respectfully, only resentfully, um, I didn't get anything. I mean, how could I have? So I take what I want and leave the rest was dangerous for me. And when I finally, finally, finally was brought to my knees, I was brought not even to my knees, I was lying on the ground just spiritually dead. And I made that one phone call and my friend said, you know, this new program, not new, but I mean, this this vision will help you, that I was really ready. And um, so I have a sort of a nodding acquaintance now with this power that it was previously completely unknown to me, not only unknown, but unfathomable, not imaginable. And um, you know, I I, um, I went to Beijing last year and somebody asked me, what did you think it was going to be like? And I said, it was not imaginable. That's how I kind of feel about this higher power thing. It was not imaginable. And um, so I, you know, I can't say that I neatly evaded it because it was anything but neat, but I entirely ignored it. And until I was willing to embrace it and hold it close and chase it even, I got nowhere. So I can say that... Um, um, I'm willing to work on my morality. I'm willing to work on my spirituality. And thank goodness I have this newfound friend, what Bill says, my newfound friend. I'm ready to have Gentle reminder. power. Thank you. Um, remove everything, all my character defects. And I'm so, so grateful. So anybody that's thinking that they can take what they want and leave the rest, I um, would beg you to think again. Thank you, and I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy P. Larry K., it is your turn, followed by Melissa C., Good morning, Larry. Good morning, Good morning, Maura. Uh, thanks for your service. Love the gentle reminders. Um, Larry K. recovered um, this morning. You know that we're not—they're not, not going to be vague about this thing, right? And and see when I—you know—it's kind of like you know I come into OA and they're going to—they're going to tell me precisely how to chop down a redwood. Now, if you give me a butter knife. You know, theoretically, I can chop a tree down with a butter knife, but with the right instructions, the precise instructions and the proper instruments, maybe I can chop the tree down before I get hurt, before I get bored, before I lose steam, because I always lost steam. I always cut corners. And as disciplined as I think I am, odds are I'm going to throw that butter knife into the woods 
in a moment of frustration, cursing my my tree-cutting sponsor for her ineptitude, his ineptitude, or maybe my own ineptitude. And now, you know, you may tell me to go, go, Larry, go get your butter knife and start over. Start, start over with another redwood. And I might just want to stab him. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but with my butter knife, right? Or more likely, I'll show him. I'll get another tree-cutting sponsor, and I'll find another tree-cutting meeting. Maybe they'll suggest I pick up a big, a bigger butter knife, and then I'm right back where I see. We're not gonna, we're not gonna, we're not gonna mess around with this thing. They tell us precisely how to get well. I have to understand what my problem is, right? And I have to understand what the solution to that problem is. We're told lack of power is my dilemma. That's my main problem, although it appeared to be the food. And then they're going to tell me that I need a power greater than myself. And if I accept that that may be possible, they're going to tell me precisely how to bring this solution to light through the implementation of these steps. And the steps don't give a crap what I think about them. And they're not a butter knife because we come into OA. We hear a lot of slogans. We hear everything but the program of action oftentimes by well-intentioned, lovely people and they hand us a butter knife, and we start chopping away, chopping, 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 and we'll chop faster, and we'll sharpen our butter knife, and it's still a butter knife. It's not, it's not the instructions. It's not the practical program of action. I need a program of action that will lead to bringing me into alignment with a power greater than me, and when I am, I become detached from that. I become detached, and my, my character flaws are, are mitigated and I'm brought into alignment, and then I don't need the food anymore. There's neutrality, and I change in some tremendous ways, and I'm grateful for this. No more butter knife for me. Gentle reminder. Thanks for that gentle reminder. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. Excuse me. Melissa C., it is your turn, followed by Tina S. Hi. Good morning, Maura. Thank you for your service. It's Melissa C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New York. And, um, yeah, so you know, I've got this dilemma. You know, I lack power. And, um, like, a dilemma is, um, you know, it's a problem. It's a real problem. And, and there's two, like, unrelated possibilities. And um, both, for me, seemed equally undesirable. You know, one, it's, like, the food um, which at this point was becoming undesirable. You know, it was um, my comfort. It was my, it, and then it turned on me. Then it was my angst and it was my focus and, and it was failing, you know, failing utterly. Um, that was step one. You know, like I knew that that choice one had been like kind of removed. It was disappearing. And then the other option, you know, is choose this spiritual solution and, Frankly, that scared me. You know, it annoyed me, um, and I didn't trust it, and I didn't believe in it. Um, but, you know, I didn't have choice number one left anymore. You know, it, it, it was gone. And so, um, it, and it became easy to admit that I was powerless because I had exhausted that route, like, long enough. I tried it over and over and over again, and it became clear I was powerless and I needed something. And... You know, so how do you find the power? Um, you know, for one, I had to stop thinking that I actually had to find it 
before doing anything. Like, um, no, you don't find it and then start. It's, you start seeking. You know, it's in the seeking. It's in the searching. It's in the action. It's in the steps that we take towards it um, that we actually begin to experience it. That's what it was for me. And, you know, yeah, initially my face fell when God was mentioned. I had like a world of loss and pain, and I attributed all my loss and all my pain to either God abandoned me or he didn't exist altogether. And then if I was going to chase something that hurt me or didn't exist, I was a sucker, you know. Um, But I couldn't avoid the truth. You know, I was crushed. I had no choices left. I saw others, you know, who seemed to stumble onto something. Like, that's what gave me hope. I saw people. I wanted what they had. I, they, I wanted to look. Like, honestly, I wanted to look the way they looked. They looked thin. And they had old, fat pictures to show me. And not only were they thin, but they sounded good. You know, and so I wanted that piece. I wanted that. And that was enough. You know, seek. Like, seek. That's how we find the power. Gentle reminder. Seek it. Thank you so much. And um, with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. Tina S., it's your turn, followed by Tenzin P. Thanks so much, more. Thanks so much, Maura, for your service. Uh, Tina S., recovered compulsive eater, anorexic in Florida. Well, some great stuff I heard this morning, as always. You know, well, and this is one of my favorite parts of the book, you know, because for a long time, as a friend of mine says, I thought food was a prob- the problem. But food was, food is a problem, but it's not the problem. And it tells me right here what the problem is, and that's lack of power, you know. And then it gives me the solution. It tells me exactly how to find it, you know. That's exactly what this book is about, you know. And the power is, and the solution is a power greater than myself, something other than me. doesn't matter what that other is, you know. And I love that it's already been shared, you know. People have told me exactly what they have done, you know, and so if I want what they have, I simply do what they do, you know, and and it tells me also in the big book that we're undisciplined. I am so undisciplined. I thought, well, you know, I'll save that for another time. Let me just try this for one more time, you know, till I utterly failed, you know, of myself, I'm screwed, you know, of myself, I'm screwed. And I love that it talks and I've heard it. I just heard it on the line this morning, which is my experience, you know. I, you know, I come in here, I was raised Catholic, not that I was practicing it, but I thought, oh, I got this thing. You know, I believe that there's a God. And I actually did believe there was a God, but I didn't believe that that God was working for me, you know. And so until, until, you know, I had this little bit of a glimmer of hope that maybe through the practice of the 12 steps that I would have a spiritual awakening that would give me an idea of what God does for me. Would I, would I have this thing? Certainly I would. Certainly I would. You know, and, you know, I know I'm rambling right now, but this, I just love it, love it, love it. So now we're going to, you know, get through the steps here and let's do it. Thanks. And I'll pass. Thank you, Tina S. Tenzin P., it's your turn. Good morning. It's Tenzin P., calling from New York. Uh, I've been chuckling a lot with identification hearing the shares this morning. Very grateful. 
um, as, when I was thinking about the passages we were going to be reading, I, I thought about the title of this chapter again, We Agnostics. It, it, that it says we, it doesn't say you agnostics. It's a we program so included that has helped me a lot. And also that um, there are uh, all of us of many different faiths that are part of this program helps me a lot also, uh, or faith or uh, agnostic or atheistic, because um, on the path that I've chosen, sometimes it doesn't fit exactly, but to be remembering that here, what I hear on the line is um, uh, the, the inclusive solution. It gives me confidence uh, that there's wiggle room in the path I've chosen and that I just need to continue and keep an open mind and keep doing the work. Um, let's see. Also, to read this morning again, that that's exactly what this book is about, uh, how to find that power for ourselves. I'm thrilled to read that this morning. And um, so, oh yeah, and then, right, this the finding a faith which will solve your problem. When I read that, I was thinking, oh, but that's so simplistic, or that's too simple. Life is so complicated. But the point, I think, is, as I'm thinking about it, that it is a simple foundation, and everything else, all the all the um, elaborations of life get built on top of that simple foundation. So I think with that, I will pass. I'm so grateful uh, for you all and for being in recovery. Thank you. Thank you, Tenzin P. Okay, round two. Who would like to share? Please give me your first name and last initial one time. Star one. Amanda S. Warren Amanda S. Lauren A. Danielle O. Danielle O. Vasa O. Vasa O. Anyone else? Okay, this is who we have in round two. Amanda S. Lauren A. Danielle O. And Vasa O. Amanda S. Please go ahead. Good morning. Good morning. This is Amanda S., uh, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Central Pennsylvania. Can you hear me? I can, but if you could turn up your volume a wee bit. Okay. Is that better? Yes, thank you. Okay, great. Uh, so the line that jumped out for me this morning is, it's the main object, its main object is to enable you to find a power greater than yourself, which will solve your problem. And for me, that sentence is such a huge relief. It is a huge just sigh because that means I don't have to solve my problems. Um, I spent most of my life trying to solve my problems. And what came to me this morning as we were studying this is I had an experience where I was working with a group of people and we were working in a muddy field with wheelbarrows and if you tried to push the wheelbarrow by yourself, you just got into this muddy rut, like you could not move. And I, I tried it. I could not move the thing by myself. 
Um, and that was what most of my life was like. I was working so hard to solve all my problems, my relationship problems, the food problem, my work problems, my emotional problems, and I couldn't move. I was getting deeper and deeper into the, the mud and the, the rut. And what we realized we needed to do when we were working is we lifted the wheelbarrow up out of the rut and we tied a rope around it and one person pulled in front and the other person pushed behind and then we were able to move. And to me, that's the beauty of this program is it tells me, first of all, what to do. It tells me I can't do it by myself. Move your wheelbarrow. There are people around me. There's the fellowship and my sponsor. They're running ahead of me and they're running alongside me. But that doesn't mean I don't work too. I still have to push from behind and do the work. But ultimately, I'm going to move forward and I'm going to move towards that power that is going to solve all my problems. It's not up to me. Thank you for letting me share and I pass. Thank you so much, Amanda S. And Lauren A., it is your turn. Thank you. This is Lauren A. from Minnesota, and this is my first time talking on the line. I've been listening for a couple of months, but I, my work schedule has prevented me from getting here. So I'm happy to be here, and thanks, everybody, for all the things I've learned in the last couple of months. And um, I love that, that sentence. It's really clear. Well, that's exactly what this book is about. It's not about teaching me a way to quit eating. It's not about teaching me a way to quit drinking. It's about finding that power. And for some reason, when I got to OA, I had already been to AA, and I knew that the 12-step works, and I knew that it was based on God, but for some reason, I thought I had the power, and I kept trying and trying and trying over and over for decades, as many people have said on this line. And that gives me a lot of hope. I'm really appreciative of the fact that people say, oh, I, I... messed around with OA for 30 years or something. Well, that's what I did. And so now I have hope that this will actually work for somebody like me. And it has been working for the last couple of months. And my experience with going in and out of OA and somebody on the, on a phone call said, I played with OA and I, my thought was played and lost because that's what I did. Um, is For a while, every once in a while, I could quit eating compulsively and quit eating what I shouldn't, and it was relatively easy. Then after a while, it became difficult, and then after a while, it became impossible, so I went back to the food. And now I'm finding, you know, I've been listening to this meeting very religiously every morning, and I'm, I'm, it's like I'm hearing it for the first time. It's like God took the scales off my eyes because... I'm hearing how dishonest I've been, how I've thought over and over and over again, I got this, I, I got this figured out, I know what to eat, I know how not to eat it. Well, there's, you know, there's a lot of choices of what to eat, but how not to eat it, that's, that's the question for me. And, and how not to is to give it to God every day. You know, I can't, I can't slack off. I want to slack off because I'm lazy too, but I can't. I have to keep going with this if I want to spend the rest of my life healthy. Thanks for letting me share, and thank you for your service. I'll pass. Thank you, Lauren A. Danielle O., it's your turn, followed by Vasa O. Good morning, everyone. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Danielle. Good morning, everyone. Are you on a speakerphone? I am. Could you turn that off because there's a terrible background noise and we can't hear you? Okay, hold on a second. 
Hi, everyone. This is Danielle. Can you hear me okay? Much better. Thank you, Danielle. Danielle Compulsive Skeeter from uh, northern, northern New York. Grateful to be abstinent today uh, by the grace of God. So grateful that I started coming to this OA meeting a few, few years ago. And, you know, the readings are absolutely things that I need to hear every day to remind myself of who I am and what I am. That's why I love coming to this meeting first thing in the morning. You know, I've been around a 12-step program for quite a while and uh, OA for quite a while. And over the past couple of years, I, I got into this rut of thinking and behaving, more, more behaving, both of them. And it took a little while for me to see where I had gone wrong. And it took a lot of the perfect storm to happen, which is, what happened only probably about a month ago. And I look back at that right now, and I get so um, grateful. I guess that's the only way I can say it. And what's happened is because I've become more open-minded and more honest and willing, I end up seeing things where I didn't see them before. Like I was blind. I became blind and I became deaf. And that's not something I'm too proud to say as I'm working through this program, yet it's the most human thing that has happened. So as a result of letting go, many things started to shift. And one of them is I started to become more patient and calm and understanding. Now, why is it that that agitation, the uh, restless, irritable discontent can be going on, I can be abstinent, but not realize that that's what it really is. So I'm discovering a new me, and I'm very um, kind of just grasping onto anything I can as far as understanding it. And the writing that I do every day really helps. So I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for sponsorship and all the meetings that I'm able to get on. And that, you know, I'm just, I'm just another recovering food addict. I'm powerless over food, whether I eat it or not. And it was in the not eating it. Not, not that I was doing anything like I was eating all my food, but it was just there were some other behaviors that were starting to become a, more of an issue. So thank you, everyone, for being here this morning. I'm always glad to hear all of the strong um, messages of hope. So thank you. Thank you, Danielle O. And Vasa, one second, just wanted to uh, let folks know that might have stopped by a little bit later. We're on page 45. And we're reading the first two paragraphs that start with lack of power and end with neatly evaded or entirely ignored. Thank you. Vasa O, oh, please go ahead. Thank you. Good morning, Maura and everyone. I'm Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, calling from Florida. Lack of power. And by the time I came to OA, I had used, used up all my willpower that I had, and there was nothing more left in me that I could, I could, nothing left in me to try to do. And I'm just so, so grateful that I was brought into Overeaters Anonymous. And this program, it's such a gift to me. And, I, and it's a gift to all of us that are here today if we take it. And I was ready and willing to take it. And it, for me, was live or die vasa.
my last stop. And I remember saying, if this doesn't work, then I'm just going to die, you know. And the way, the way I was going, with it was not with just the food. It was just exhausting to solve my, my food problems and life problems. It really was exhausting. And uh, I was just so, so ready. I was just so, so ready to surrender and uh, to find that power greater than myself. As I said, it's live or die. And I'm going to share two more, another few more readings or whatever. I'll share by my surrender later. But I can, you know, I would be dead today if I didn't come to Overeaters Anonymous and threw myself in the, into my abstinence. Number one was for me to put the food down, my alcoholic foods, and then go through the steps the way they're laid out one by one and then do service. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. Oh, we have time for four, maybe five shares. Who else would like to share this morning? Star one, please. Am I being heard? Knessa K. Knessa K. Nancy H. No, she, uh, Somebody H. H. Is that Nancy H? Yes. Jeanette S. K. Nancy H. Jeanette S. Najia S. Najia S. Let's stop there. Knessa K. Nancy H. Jeanette S. Najia S. Knessa K. Please go ahead. Good morning, Knessa Kay, recovered in Ohio. And uh, good morning. So, you know, what's coming up for me today as I have heard you guys talk and read this is that when, when I was first sponsored, and I apologize because usually I um, take a word, sentence, or phrase from the reading and, and focus on that. But this morning, you know, we're just talking about power. You can just focus on one word. We're just talking about the power. And when I first came in um, and I tried to work with a sponsor, it, it almost makes me giggle now because I still do it. I want to tell my sponsor what I need. And, you know, my sponsor is my guide, um, She and she's a great one. Um, you know, she helps me see what I can't see at any particular moment or day. And um, now as someone who sponsors, I can hear the resistance. And I can also hear the willingness of succumbing to that power greater than ourselves. You know, as a, as a somewhat organized person, I, I thought I could just make a list and do it. And today, um, it, it still blows me away how I have to be reminded every single day to reconnect to the power. Now, it's more intuitive today because I work the steps and I continue to work the steps and I stay connected to all of you and I, I get that. But I still have to be reminded to go back to the source. And the source, of course, can only be found through the steps. So I remember somebody saying to me at one point, you just have to trust 
when you see all of us that it works. We're the power that it works. You just have to you just have to sit down and work the steps. And of course the awakening came that, oh my gosh, I can't do it by myself anymore. And I don't want to do it by myself anymore. But I continue on a daily basis to try to do it. And it's that resistance now, today, that continues to push me through because the willingness of expanding to expand my spiritual life the return on that investment of time is so wonderful that there is no way I would want to ever go back to the power of just Canesta. Um, it's just it's been an amazing seek and find, Gentle as Melissa reminder. put it. It's, it's just the best seek and find of my life. And I thank you all for letting me be in your company every day. With that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Canessa Kay. Nancy H., it's your turn, followed by Jeanette S. Good morning, everyone. This is Nancy H. from Massachusetts, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overreader. Um, lack of power was our dilemma. I always thought that I had a lack of willpower, and I always that made me feel as though I were a bad person trying to get uh, to be good. But really, I was a sick person trying to get well. And so, when I um, when I it says it enables us to find a power by which we could live. It doesn't say it enables us to find a power to help us eat, stop eating. And so my problem wasn't to stop eating. My problem was to live life on life's terms. And so this uh, book, when I, when I came to this agnostics chapter, I thought that I had it made because I knew God and I knew I had a good uh, relationship with God. But I basically didn't have a good relationship with him because I would try to solve my problems alone. And I kept saying agnostic doesn't uh, relate to me. But really, when I can do, think I can do better, and I, I really become immediately agnostic and ignore God. And when I do that, it doesn't work at all. And then um, uh, solve my problem. Oh, you know, the joy I've found um, is when a person in a meeting talks about God honestly and says they can't, excuse me, that they can't... Um, find a God, and that's just not for them. And then about five, six, seven meetings later, they come to the point where they found a God and they start talking about God. That is such a joy to me because it means that nobody has to be agnostic as far as uh, looking for a power greater than themselves. And in this book later, it says something to the effect of, um, you, will find in this, you will find in this, these pages several stories uh, which enable people to find a higher power. And it says the purpose of these stories is to enable a person to find a higher power. So every time I read a story, that's what I look for. I look for how did this person establish a relationship. But it's not only established. Once I've established it, I have to grow in it. I can't just stay stagnant and just act like God is nothing. Um, God has to be everything to me, and I have to know that I can't do better. And I'm certainly not the higher power in my life. So all I have to do is believe in the power of God or any higher power and know that I'm going to be okay if I can just be willing to believe. So with that, I think I'll pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Nancy H. Jeanette S., it is your turn, followed by Nigia. Hi, this is Jeanette S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Maybrook, New York. Um 
So I am so grateful for you guys because um, this group taught me how to read this book. Um, I didn't know how to read this book before listening to all of you pros here on the on the line. Um, and so when I got to this this part, um, you know, this was this was significant for me because I was very antagonistic. Uh, when it came to God and that. Um, so now I learned how to read how Bill, re- how Bill wrote this book, how this book was put together. And he does not put anything in here um, on a whim. So when I look at, there's like less than an inch of print, seven-eighths of an inch of print, he put the words, the words, find a power, find this power, find a power, are in less than an inch of print. I'm thinking that's pretty important. That's got to be really important. You know, the use of words, the um, italics, the very, very rare exclamation point, um, they're significant. They are significant. Um, so this this really helped me out was to just to say find a power. Um, later on, it's, it talks about just the willingness to believe. I didn't have to believe, and I didn't believe when I first came through this this step. When I came through through the third step, or you know any of the steps before I got where I am now. Um, I didn't believe in any of that. The power I believed in was the power of this book, the contents of this book. And that was plenty. That's all I needed. That was the power I found. Um, So I'm just really grateful that you guys are here and for the founders of this group to help teach me how to read this book because it was just crazy gibberish to me. you know, plus I had an attitude, <laughs> which kept me from being able to read it. But you guys taught me how to read it, and um, for that I am so grateful. And um, uh, and and I'm and I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Janetta. Nigeria, it is your turn. Good morning, and thank you so much for your service, and to everyone on the line this morning. It is good to be in the house of OA this morning. And it's also good to know the good news of this book. The good news is that I have an allergy of the body, obsession of the mind. That's good news. And that's news that frees me from trying to control this uncontrollable, cunning, baffling, powerful disease. Another piece of good news is that I had to fully concede to my innermost self that I am powerless, and I'm so grateful for what God did to bring me to that place. When God formed me in my mother's womb, there was nothing formed in me that would enable me or empower me to rid myself of things like compulsive eating and smoking and drinking and all the things that I've done. I needed God to put his hand on my life, and and, and I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. Not only did he do that, but he gave me 12 steps to increase me but to decrease me at the same time. See, I thought I had 
um, power. I thought I had strength. I thought I had, you know, I got this. I got this, and I ran to Dr. Hagendaz, and I ran to Miss Reese's Peanut Butter Cup, and I ran to Mr. Almond Joy, and they worked for the moment, but they also worked in in, in increasing my weight and and in decreasing self-esteem, which I hardly had any when I first started. So I thank God. I thank God for the power that he has and the wisdom in this book. I thank God. See, if God can deliver Bill and Fred, he can deliver me, and he has, and he continues to deliver me from myself. Yes, this is a spiritual book. This is a book that points us to God, to God. And I'm so grateful. I had a relationship with God. I even had religion. But today the connection is different, and I thank God it took a haagen bar, and a couple of other things to show me the truth about myself and the truth about him. Thank you, God, for Bill's story, we agnostics, everything in this book, because this book, this book, and the wisdom in this book and the words in this book have life. They are life-giving, and they give me freedom, and they give me joy, and they give me peace. And no, I do not do this program perfectly, but I serve a perfect God that will help me to make progress one day at a time as long as I work these steps and live in 10, 11, and 12. Any newcomers out there, keep coming. You ain't got to believe today. You ain't got to believe today. But look around you. Listen to what we share. Listen to where we've been. If God can do it for us, he can do it for you. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Nigeria. Okay, well, we have time for a quick two-minute share. Who would like to take that? It's now a one-minute share. Okay, I'll take that. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, please. Your name? Julie H. Julie H., go ahead. You've got about a minute. Okay, thank you. Um, I just want to thank everybody. It's a thank you call. I've been in OA and on different types of programs for about eight years. <clears throat> and starting, I think, November this year, I started with Vision. And usually when I came around to different times, holidays and stuff, I white-knuckled it. I'm sorry, one second. <clears throat> I white-knuckled the holidays. I would go through the holidays looking at the food and just really wanting it, even though I was on program. And this holiday, it's coming the holiday, and I'm really happy, and I feel very neutral. And I want to thank everybody for sharing and everybody I've ever reached out to who've always answered my calls and my texts and have helped me in the program because I feel very neutral. And thank you. I pass. Well, thank you very much, Julie H. And that brings us exactly to the end of our meeting. And I wish to thank everyone who shared today. Um, not quite gotten today's share ID, but that will be revealed shortly, I'm sure. So we will now close the meeting with the reading from the big book on page 164. And Karen A., would you please read that for us? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. What? Yes, thank you. Uh, I think someone's unmuted. This yes, is I was Karen going to say A. the same. Thank you, Karen. 
This is Karen A., uh, gratefully recovered and powerless in Michigan. Thank you, God. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. Answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. And thank you very much. And real quick, I'd like to tell you that today's share ID is 11,233. 